finished up the four parts that we've been talking about on uh, Sunday morning, uh, why Jesus came, as far as why this, this birth of this child so long ago was, was even necessary. And uh, I typically have about five pages of notes today. I have two, so this is going to be fast. There have been many who I've told that to that have taken some jabs at me and said, I'm sure you can stretch that even 25 minutes, but, but we're not going to do that. We're, we're going to be real quick today. So I'm going to review what we have talked about thus far in the reasons why Christ came, and then we're going to talk about one last one uh, very quickly. Let's pray first. Father in heaven, we thank you for allowing us all to be here in this place today. And we also thank you for the promise that your word never returns empty. And so, God, as we open it today together, we pray for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit uh, to be here with us, guiding us, helping us say exactly what we want to do today. Uh, Father, we thank you for this gift that you gave us so long ago of this, uh, this Christ child. And we thank you for what that ultimately meant, the, the forgiveness of sins, and that all of us can be adopted as your children. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. So the first thing that we talked about about three weeks ago, in a reason why Christ came, why this birth of this infant was even necessary, is this, that Jesus came to take away sin. That's, that's the reason, uh, that why he was sin. And John starts his gospel, uh, and John the Baptist says in John chapter 1, verse 29, to review a bit, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so that's really reason number one why it was necessary for Christ to come. There really was no solution to the ickiness of sin. No solution. Uh, for years and years, the Israelites had been instructed by God to offer sacrifices to roll sins back and to push away the consequences for, for a time. But even though they did that, they still struggled with the, the issue of sin. And the Christmas story, the Christmas story is ultimately the answer to this issue. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, it says he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And sin is the central point of this gospel message. Romans tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of of God, and no one can escape the penalty of the sins apart from Christ. So Jesus came, number one, to take away sin. And the second thing we talked about was that Jesus came to destroy Satan's work. In 1 John 3, 8, he says, He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So all this junk that Satan has been doing to the world for all of these years, Jesus came to destroy that. He came to completely do away with all of the stuff that Satan had been doing. And this resurrection that we celebrate in a few months completely does away and destroys the work of Satan. We also talked about Jesus coming to make the Father known. That was last week. In, first, in John chapter 14, verse 9, Jesus said, Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And so Jesus clarified who God is. For a long time, especially in the Old Testament, as I mentioned last week, unless you were Moses, who had a great relationship with God and was talking to him all the time and knew him like a friend, you didn't know much about God. 
He was just this big being that maybe spoke in a moving voice or maybe sent fire down from heaven to destroy someone whenever they were off base. They didn't know anything about really who God was except the little bit that God would reveal to them through his spokespeople like Moses and like Joshua and like the prophets that we see. So when Jesus came, he further clarified exactly and precisely who God is. So number four, Jesus came to prepare for the second coming. And it's not really like making a plan to make a plan. We've all done that before. But, but Jesus came to reveal some stuff about the second coming when he was going to come again. And he tells us a lot of stuff in the Bible about what's going to happen later on. So I'm going to look at a passage from, from Hebrews chapter 9, verses 19 through 28, and then we're going to wrap up. It says, when Moses had proclaimed every commandment of the law to all the people, he took the blood of calves together with water, scarlet wool, and branches of hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll on all the people. He said, this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled the blood of both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremonies. And that's kind of weird to us to take blood and sprinkle it on everything, but that was the command that God had given, and he told them to do that. And he goes on and says, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleaned with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. And then he tells us the crux of it. For Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the truth. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Then Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But now he has appeared once, once for all, at the end of the age away with the sin by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus, as man, is destined to die once, and after that, just as man, man is destined to die once, and after that, they can face judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. And this last little portion of the verse tells us what's going to happen. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for so I want you to remember throughout this Christmas season that the goal of the birth of Christ was the resurrection. If it wasn't for the death and burial and resurrection of Christ, this would be, this would be some other story about a baby. That's all it would be. And you all sat around and listened to the ladies talk about the babies and the experience that they've had and talk about our grandkids and all that stuff. And I want you to know that if it wasn't for this resurrection, it just be a story about a baby. It's all to be a tragic tale of a mother who was expecting going to a, a land that she was unfamiliar with, a city she didn't know, and, and not having any place to, to give birth. That's all it would be. It's a story like that. But because of the resurrection, it's so much more. So Jesus came to reveal information to us about the second coming. And we gotta believe in the second coming. Just as much as we believe in the birth and the, the, the death and the resurrection of Christ, and we don't want to think about it a lot. But if we don't believe in the second coming, we might as well throw all the rest of it out the window. Because the Bible is clear 
that Jesus is coming again. And we better be ready. So my question for us today is, are you ready? Are you ready when Christ comes back? You are going to face him. You're going to face him either after you die or you're going to face him when he comes back. One way or the other, you're going to face him. And the Bible tells us that it's appointed to a man who wants to die and then the judgment. So as you think about all the stuff that goes on these holiday, this holiday season, if you know him as a baby, but you don't know him as Savior, then you're not prepared. And if you know him as a baby, but you don't know him as a Savior, the Bible tells us that all that is awaiting for us is just eternal condemnation. So make it right. Make yourself right with him and accept him as a Savior in your life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much that you have sent this, this child to live a life that is perfect without sin in order that we might have our sins forgiven and completely taken away and that you have made a way for us to be completely righteous and to be able to stand before you in your presence guilt-free and sin-free because of the blood of Christ. And I pray for each person here that doesn't know you as a Savior, that you would use the power of the Holy Spirit to convict us, to help us to realize that nothing else in this world that we chase, nothing else in this world that we pursue matters if we don't have you as our Savior to forgive our sins. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray this day.